Hey, it's Nikki. I'm the 10-Minute Mom, and on my show, I like to talk about issues and problems that moms currently face, and I like to help moms change their thinking and do it in small pockets of time because we know how busy life can be. But today on the show, I have Fran. Fran is a body-positive coach, and she deals with helping people work through pain. So Fran, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you go ahead and tell us your story um, and how you got started in this work? Sure. Um, I was working full-time with the school board as an adult ESL instructor, and I started having some issues with my vision, and I was feeling nauseous all the time, and I was getting migraines, and then one day I came into work, and I turned on the lights in my classroom, and I couldn't see anything. I had lost my vision, and after a couple of minutes, it came back in one of my eyes, but I didn't have it in the other eye. So I staggered to my manager's office and got home. I, yes, I drove myself home. I don't recommend that. Please don't do that. Um, called the optometrist, went in. They got me in right away, thank goodness. And as soon as I got there and they looked at my eyes, they're like, you have to go to the hospital right away. They're waiting for you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so go to the hospital. They're like, yep, we're waiting. Come on in. I was there for many hours and they were talking about, you have brain cancer or a tumor or, you know, MS, or they had no idea. So I eventually ended up getting sent home and I spent a while going back and forth between emerging home because the migraine was so bad. Like, and it was a constant migraine. My vision was still gone and nothing would like help it at all. So I go to emerge, they give me some medication which they put directly into my vein. So not through an IV, just straight through, which would give me a good 45 minutes of relief from the pain. And then it, the migraine came back. And so what ended up happening was I was in bed for four months with stress-induced vision loss. And I found that out when I went to the ophthalmologist who said that it's called central serious retinopathy. And it's very common. And for people who are very proactive and they do a lot of things and they're always on the go. So like all the people that we're talking to that listen to your podcast, moms, right? They have jobs, they, right? They have jobs, they listen, they take care of their kids, they do all these things, right? It's very common. And what happened with me is that my brain actually decided that it wasn't going to fix the vision. So for many people, the brain just self-corrects and they don't actually know that they have this condition. And what it is, is the retina, the, the lining behind the retina tears, and then all the fluid leaks through, and then that causes the blurry vision. But normally, your brain corrects for it, and then you don't find out that you had this until you go to the optometrist, and they say, oh, did you know that you had this thing happen? But for me, my brain's like, we're not doing that anymore. Like, you're going to have to figure it out. So I changed a lot of things in my life. I started teaching part-time. Eventually, I became a personal trainer. Um, I left teaching completely. And then a couple of years after that event happened, I started suffering with extreme pain. I had like bolts of electricity shooting through my hands and feet. I didn't sleep at all. I would pass out from exhaustion. And then I would be woken up by a bolt of electricity because that's how it felt. And then I passed out again from exhaustion. And I did that 
I went through that cycle probably for a year and a half before I actually got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And, you know, the diagnosis was great because then I had something tangible, but the medical system is great, but they also often want to fix the symptom and not the root cause. And so they gave me medication, which was fine. And I took that and it helped a little bit. And then, and I'm going to preface this, don't do this. I decided not to take my medication because I didn't want to anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had to drive. I remember not taking it. it. This was a Thursday morning. I remember it so clearly. And I had to drive to Stratford in that, that evening to teach a fitness class. And I couldn't walk and I couldn't even hold the steering wheel. So my husband had to drive and thank goodness my participants had been with me for a while. So they just, I'm like, this is what we're doing. And they knew what to do because I couldn't do anything at all. I was in so much pain. So long story short, then eventually I was started diving into sort of what other things are causing pain because pain is a physical thing, but pain is an emotional thing. Pain is a psychological thing. Pain is connected to your food. Pain is connected to lack of movement. Like there are so many facets. Pain is connected to extreme stress. So there are so many other pieces of pain. It's not just the physical thing. And so I started doing research and working with a coach and I worked with an um, energetic practitioner and we changed all what I ate. We changed the way that I moved. Um, and now I, I guess I have fibromyalgia. Um, I did a podcast and the woman that I was being interviewed by, she's like, I am in remission from fibromyalgia is what she says, because she goes, I don't have symptoms and I don't have symptoms and I don't take medication anymore. I, and I live pain free. Yeah. And so it was a long journey to get here. It's like that was like 12 years ago, but there's so many pieces of pain. And then as a trainer, I sort of shifted the way that I train. And it's not about lifting heavy weights. And it's not about working out for an hour. It's none of those things. It's about listening to your body. It's about moving your body and being mobile. It's about resting. It's about reducing stress. And so my perspective on training has really changed because I don't want to flare from my fibro. I have osteoarthritis, so I don't want to have pain from that. But I still need to keep moving and stay healthy. And so I think the big piece of it is to shift the way that you're looking at how you do things in your life. What does wellness mean? Like, I don't like the word exercise. I don't use exercise. I use the word movement and mobility. And, you know, that what you do, which is, I think, really great about what you do, Nikki, is because you don't have to do things for an hour. Ten minutes is enough. Yeah. And so that's really what I tell people, I don't care if you only move for 10 minutes or you breathe for 10 minutes, just do that and do that consistently and you'll see the results. Wow. So for someone that is maybe has a recent diagnosis, I feel like you did touch on like all the different pieces of your journey and obviously there's no one size fits all. But do you have any advice for someone that maybe just found that out? Obviously, your story is so inspirational and you are living proof that these changes can make such a big difference and you can live pain-free. But 
do you have advice as like a starting point? Like what's a step that you can take to just, you know, yeah. feel like you're making progress in the right direction? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that made, that really helped me is changing what I eat. So there are foods that are inflammatory. Gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, corn. These are inflammatory foods. Like, and, and there is research behind that. Like you, you can, you can look it up and find it affects your body. And so my, my first thing that I would say to everybody, if, if you're just diagnosed, sugar causes inflammation. Sugar causes the connective tissue, the fascia in your body to become sticky and brittle. And so when I move my fingers and I have lots of mobility in my fingers, that's because my fascia is healthy. It gets blood flow, so it's flexible. When I eat sugar, it causes my fascia to become sticky. It's like Velcro. So then when I try and move, so imagine someone who has arthritis, right? And they try and move their hands and they feel it in their fingers because their fascia is not healthy. So the sugar that you're having in your day-to-day -day life is affecting the inflammation in your body. So fibromyalgia is not inflammatory in and of itself, but when you have foods that are inflammatory, it causes inflammation in the body, which then causes your fibro to flare. So step one, reduce your sugar. If you can eliminate it completely, please do. Sugar is worse, like we, if you don't know this, sugar is worse than a heroin addiction. Like that's how addictive sugar is. And so if you can get rid of sugar, I highly recommend it. And the thing I would say to people is look where sugar is hiding. So if you eat bread, okay, whether it's gluten-free or not, it doesn't matter. I bet there's two grams of sugar in that. Why? Why is there sugar in bread? If you have peanut butter, there's sugar in peanut butter. If you get anything that's processed, there is sugar in it. And the thing is that when we look at labels, unless it's above a certain amount, it doesn't have to be listed. So just because it doesn't say one gram of sugar, if it's in a package, there's sugar in it. Like there is. So just kind of think about that. Or like things like yogurt, right? People eat yogurt. It's healthy. Okay, it's healthy. But if you get yogurt that has fruit on the bottom already in it, that just, that you got 25 grams of sugar just in one little thing of yogurt, right? So just think about where is sugar hiding? Salad dressings, there's sugar in that. So just kind of think about what you're eating and just pay attention to it. Because even if you eat healthy and you eat well, there are probably places where there's a little bit of sugar hiding and we want to get rid of as much sugar as we can because that will bring the inflammation down. So that probably be my, my first step that I, I would recommend. Uh, if you can't eliminate it completely, because I know some people freak out when I say you have to get rid of these foods, Aim for a maximum of 15 to 20 grams of sugar a day. That's it. And I know, I know you, Nikki, personally, like I know you and I know you're like, just don't have sugar. And I agree, just don't have sugar. Like it's not, it's not worth it, especially when you're dealing with pain because it's going to inflame your pain and your fiber is going to be worse. So if you can do something to minimize that, you should, like, why not? Right. So sugar is the big one. Absolutely. And I love how you explained about your muscle fascia and all of that, because until you understand the connection, it's really hard to give it up. Sugar is such a part of our everyday. And like, to be honest, there are cycles, right? Like I go through time that, you know, I'm a little sugar monster. And I understand that when you first hear that, it's like, how would I ever give that up? 
like I remember when I started looking at like anti-inflammatory eating um being like well literally everything I eat you're basically telling me I can't eat now so I know the initial shock of that can feel like oh my gosh but the reality is and I'm sure you you know work with people with this as well is that there's so many alternatives I think it's good to focus on what you can have versus yeah. what you can't because there's a whole world of food out there and like I don't like to cook so I've found ways to make it simple it doesn't have to be complicated but you do have to be mindful so that's that's yeah. such a good a good tip now moving into movement because I love that that's such a big piece of what you do do you have any advice or suggestions for someone that is um maybe going through a flare-up or they're just not in the best relationship with their body at this time whether they're suffering um from fibro or not how to change their relationship with movement yeah um first of all i would say the biggest thing is i think in general but especially as women we get lots of messaging in this world that you have to be a particular size and you have to be a particular shape. And if you're not that, then you're not good enough and blah, 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 blah. And it's a load of, a load of poo. Um, sorry, but it is. And I think that, you know, really paying attention to it, like, are you listening to these messages? And even if you think, no, I'm not, um, you are like, we all are. It's a bit part of who we are. So I think it's really important to start thinking about, it's not about, losing weight it's not about being a particular size it's about being healthy it's about feeling good in your body and so when it comes to movement so this is why i don't use the word exercise because people will, i don't like i don't i don't like exercise and i'm a trainer and a fitness instructor um but you have to think about you know you are the way that you are and there's nothing wrong with how you look and and this is really where we it, it comes a, it goes a little bit deeper Right. And we dive into, you know, our self-confidence and, and our self-love and all those things. It's multi-layered. It's not easy at all, but you are how you are. And the thing is that wherever you are right now in your, in your journey, whether you have pain or not, or whatever's going on, if you are happy with where you are now, then I bless you and off you go. But if you are not, then you need to really think about what is the thing that you need to change. And so when it comes to movement, so what I do, I have a Spotify playlist and it's called Dance Break. And it's all of my favorite songs. So I dance like that's what I do. So I'll, I'll be in my I have a bad day or I'm tired or I'm sad or whatever. I need a break. I'm like, oh, it's time for a dance break. And then I just pull up my playlist and I pick a song randomly and I dance whether it's two minutes or five minutes or whatever. And when the song's over, I can continue or I can go back and do whatever I was doing. So find something that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be hard. And this is where the perspective comes in. You don't have to lift weights. You don't have to do anything you don't like. You know, you want to think about mobility. So when you think about that, think about your joints. So I have the wrists. I have my fingers. I have elbows, shoulders, hips, right? My neck my feet, my ankles, my knees, like these are all joints, move them, just move them. So waggle your wrists around, wiggle your fingers, bend and straighten your elbows, like just go through the joints in your body, do some side to side with your neck and then forwards and backwards. So move things around, that's movement and that's fine. 
you don't have to do something that A, you don't like, B, that hurts, or C, that you just can't do, right? So find something you enjoy. You can dance like I do. Move the joints around. The other thing from a movement perspective that is really um, helpful is foam rolling. If you don't foam roll, I highly recommend it. If you have inflammation in your body, foam rolling is great. Um, if you don't know how to foam roll, I have a YouTube channel, just my name, Fran Garten. There are videos that guide you through how to use your foam roller properly. And so I would recommend that. And then another thing from a movement perspective that helped me and actually got rid of my inflammation was starting to practice Qigong. And I did that for three months. And because I wasn't allowed to do stuff, my practitioner told me when I was healing, he's like, you can't do anything. And um, I found Qigong and I did it for three months and I went and saw my osteopath um, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, what? I, uh, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to get in trouble. Like I did <laughs> get in trouble for someone. And I'm trying to think, what am I doing? What, what is she asking me about? And she's like, no, like I'm touching your body and you're, you have no inflammation in your muscles. It's okay, gone. I don't know what that is, Fran. You have to explain to us. Okay. Like, so yeah. So Qigong, yeah, I'm good. So Qigong is, is a, a gentle movement system. It's like Tai Chi, but Qigong is much better for people that have any kind of limitations or they can't move in a particular way. So you're just doing gentle movements with the body. It increases balance. You work on balance. It quiets your mind. It reduces your stress. It improves circulation. So you're just doing these gentle movements through the body, okay? And um, it helps your muscles recover and it reduces your inflammation. And so the difference between Tai Chi, because people, I think, know Tai Chi as opposed to Qigong, Tai Chi is a martial art and it's very prescriptive in the sense that you must, I have to lift my arm all the way, full extension of my shoulder and my arm but I have arthritis in my shoulder, so I can't do it. Whereas in Qigong, they'd be like, oh, so you can only go halfway? Yeah, do halfway, we're good with that. So it's much more flexible because it's not a martial art. Tai Chi is a martial art. So you have to do it a very particular way, but it's gentle movements and anybody can do it. It can be done sitting down if you need to. Um, so it is just a, a great way to get some energy and movement in the body and it's, surprisingly challenging even though it doesn't feel challenging when you're doing it so it's not hard work it's mindful work if that makes sense i'm gonna give it a go because now you've got me curious about it so i'll get back to you on how it goes um sure. but i want to come back to you because it's so true i know as a woman i have struggled and gone up and down my whole life about working out and movement and exercise and like all these things that we're just fed, whether we think we are, or we aren't, it's such a deep, deep, um, learning that we have in our system and to unlearn it and reframe things, uh, is super important. And I had it's something I've been working on for a long time. It's like learning to just love me for me and my body and where I'm at and not try to be something else. And I had a really interesting moment and I think that you'll appreciate this. Um, and we can touch on some of, more of the body positivity aspect of things because we had the kids and we went to like flying squirrel or one of those trampoline parks. Right. And there was a couple there that was 
like they look like they came off of a TikTok super workout couple from the gym. And it struck me as funny because first I was like, oh my gosh, look, first of all, look at this woman. She's gorgeous, right? And this guy was like sideways through the door kind of thing. And then I stopped and looked around and was like, these people are so out of place here. Not that they're out of place. They're beautiful people. They can be wherever they want. But they were so out of place because that is not average or normal. Like in a, in a huge area of mostly families, just average people, they stood out so much. And I think that was such a big eye opener of, you know, people aren't, that's not the norm. That's, that shouldn't be the, the expectation that we put on ourselves. Of course, if that's something you love and that's your goal in life, great. But to come back to making peace with yourself and feeling good in your own skin, um, I think is so important. I know you talk a lot about that. So if you can share like a bit of your view or your angle on that body positivity, um, mm -hmm. even just in relationship with self, not necessarily movement, but yeah, I love to hear from mm -hmm. you. Yeah. So there's a couple things. So when I work with my clients, because we do, like you said, it's deep work and it takes time and we have to unravel all these layers. And yes, okay, thank you, society. But here we are. Um, what I said to one of my clients one day, and she has a daughter who was 10 years old and we were working together. And I said, do you want your daughter to have to do all this? She went, oh, no. And I said, there you go. So you have to think about what you do, what you say, how you behave. Your children are watching you. So if as a mom, you're like, I can't wear the bathing suit, your daughter and your son are not going to want to do that because they're going to have issues because they're watching you. And I'm not blaming anybody, like I'm not saying that in that sense. But what I'm saying is just think about it. We're like you and I, we're working through this now. Yeah. So that our kids don't have to do it when they're in adults. So why don't we recreate this in a better way so that when they see that and your daughter says or your son says, I want to wear this. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, you, it doesn't matter. You don't match. It's too the wrong color. I don't know, understand, all, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Let them, but it's true though, right? If that's what they want to wear, let them wear that. Because when we say things like boys should always wear blue or girls can't wear black or whatever it is, then that sticks with them. We don't think it's a big deal, but as adults, think back to all of these things that were said to you. Those are the things that stick in your mind. Those are the things that have got you where you are. So your kids are watching. So do you want your children to have to go through and unpack all the things that you're currently working on? If the answer is yes, great. Continue as you are. But if the answer is no, right? You know what I mean? Like, but if the answer is no, then, okay, what are you doing or saying or not saying that you could change so that your kids grow up with a different view on their bodies? The other thing I would say is, we have to think, I think we should be mindful of how we compliment our kids. Oh, you're so pretty. No, you're smart. Oh, you're so, you know what I mean? You're, you're intelligent. You're fun. You're, you're funny. Why is it about how someone looks, right? It's great. Like, I'm not saying it's lovely when someone says, oh, my God, you look so great. Yeah, I love, oh, I love your hair. Yeah, but that's a different, that's, it, it, it's, it's not the only thing about you. And so I, I participated in a book project where we told our stories and it was about body positivity and acceptance. And one of the authors in the book said, <clears throat> excuse me, your body is the least interesting thing about you. Because it is, right? It really is. And so I think that we need to sort of think about that. Like my body is the least interesting thing about me. I'm smart. I, have, I went to university. I have this great life. I have a great family. Those, I have hobbies. 
So just kind of think about that. And I think the last thing I would say is there are many people out there who will always judge you. So your example that you gave is a perfect example, Nikki, of that couple. If you looked at them, you're like, oh, she's beautiful. She's the perfect quote unquote size. He's amazing. He's so handsome. I guarantee you, number one, they have body image issues and you think that they're perfect. But the other thing is, it doesn't matter how perfect, quote unquote, you are, someone's going to judge you. So why don't you just accept yourself, love yourself and be happy with how you are? Because it doesn't matter what you do. There's always someone who's going to think you can be better. And it's not their business. I love this conversation so much because I know how much this is, this affects every woman I've ever spoken to. So like clearly, and we have a rule in our house and it's not always perfect, but we try to stick to it because of these things. Cause I've had the opposite. My daughter is a small frame, small build. Um, so she gets a lot of compliments. She's 10. Like that's crazy. She's 10. Oh, you have a dancer's body. Oh, this and that. It's like, no, you just have a body. Right. But so we have a rule in our house and it's not perfect, but we work on it. If you, we don't comment on someone's body unless it's something you could change in 30 seconds. It's like if someone has something in their teeth, like you can let them know, that's okay. But like, you know, whether it's good or bad, we try to eliminate that conversation and it's not easy, but because of what you just said, whether it's good or bad, it's still something that we're just planting in our brains to eventually deal with later, right? Um, so oh, I just, I could go on forever in this conversation, but we do have to start kind of wrapping things up. So I always like to ask for a 10 minute tip because I believe that these conversations are so great, but if we don't take it and put it into action, then it's just kind of in one ear out the other. So Fran, do you have a tip, um, about really anything that you talk about that moms could uh, put into action? You need as as a mom, I really think that we need as mothers, we need to make time for ourselves. And like you like I, I, I can't say any stronger how important is what you're saying. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. You have ten minutes for yourself. Whatever it is that you want to do. And as a mom, you might want to do nothing. And you have permission, not that you need it, to sit and do nothing for ten minutes. That's my advice for every mom that, or non-mom that's listening here. You have the right and the obligation to yourself to do nothing for 10 minutes every day. I love it. Um, yeah, Fran, we could do a whole other, actually, I would love to do another episode because I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but could you mm -hmm. let our viewers and listeners know how they could get in touch with you? If they wanted to work with you, I'll put your uh, website and everything in the bottom there as well, but just so that if they're loving this information and they want to connect, they can do that. Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram. It's Fran Garten Pain Coach. And I'd be happy to chat with people and, you know, just be a sounding board. And thank you so much, Nikki, for doing this because I think it's really valuable. Thank you. Um, so, Fran, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for being here. I, I do want to do this again, actually, because I feel like, yeah, we're just getting into it. But on my next episode, I'm going to be chatting. I'm going to try and get a few ladies together for International Women's Day. Um, best day of the year and <laughs> so that's what you have to look forward to but in case no one has told you I believe in you you are worthy of living a life that you love just give yourself 10 minutes bye
Before you go, I just wanted to say I hope that you'll check out the blog, the10minutemom.com, and if you'd like to work one-on-one -on -one with me, let's connect. And a little disclaimer, I'm not a therapist or a doctor. This is for entertainment purposes only.